Hey, Chris, what are you doing? I'm waiting for the Great Pumpkin. Oh, not this again. Every year we get to episode 47, and you're going to wait for the Great Pumpkin. Yeah, he, he brings toys to all the children oh. who truly believe. Believe in the Great Pumpkin? Yes. Or it's that it's the Great Pumpkin. The Great Brown. Pumpkin, and, and, and it's Halloween, because it's still Halloween. It's November 4th. Oh, good grief. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation and storytelling. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're talking about It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, the Halloween film from 1966, which is now 50 years old. Young. Young. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't feel a day over four or five. I mean, as we know from history and all of our textbooks in elementary school, holiday television specials last forever. There's time on our tradition. Well, as long as they came from the sixties, it seems like most of the ones from the sixties are still around, but nothing can quite get the traction that those did. If you're from the infancy of color television, you're probably still known. Yeah, it's the uh, the hard part of Christmas movies. Those ones try to last forever, like Ooh. the Santa Claus with Tim Allen and things like that. Are just oh, trying no. to that, trying that to, didn't last one year. They're trying they to latch on, latch on to history. Arr, I will hold like on elf. to history. So, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown from 1966, as we said, 50 years old. The third Peanuts animated special. On TV. Yeah, but you can't name the second one, can you? No, I don't think anyone can. The first one was... The Charlie Brown Christmas special, whatever it's called. That's right. Charlie it's Brown Christmas, Christmas. Charlie Brown. Yep. Charlie Brown Christmas. The second Some one... Some combination. <laughs> the second one was Peanuts All-Stars, which was yeah. about baseball. July 4th classic. It did not do as well as the um, Christmas special. The Christmas special did Bafo Nielsen ratings. I, I was going to say box office, but it, <laughs> it didn't do box office. It was... Bafo. Isn't that what people say? It's like, it was Bafo, and it was really... It was highly successful. Is that a clockwork orange word? No, I, I feel like it's a wannabe variety word. I, I've thought I've heard movies say it. I don't say anything original. I just, somewhere somebody has said it. It wasn't, it didn't come from me. <laughs> Bafo. Okay. Anyway, so it did really good business uh, for Christmas. Peanuts All-Stars was pretty good. Um, one of the producers of uh, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, uh, talked about it, Lee Mendelson talked about it saying, quote, um, that the executive told them, quote, the baseball show did just fine, but we'll probably run it only once more. <laughs> and then they told him <laughs> that they, um, they needed to come up with another blockbuster like the Christmas one. Otherwise, they were just kind of done. 
we're done making these peanuts things if you can't do another thing that was magical like the Christmas one. If you can't make everything a classic, we there's no point doing it. No point. <laughs> None whatsoever. Get out of here with your non-classic animation. Everything has to be a classic. Run it every year, year after year. So they couldn't really do a sequel to Christmas. Because you can't have like Christmas Part 2 where it's still <laughs> magical. Christmas 2. The real meaning of Christmas. <laughs> and what? so what other holidays can you do? I mean, later on they did Thanksgiving because what's left after you do that? But they chose Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they went, they went back to the original strips by Charles Schultz and found the, the ones of Linus waiting in the pumpkin patch for the coming of the great pumpkin. Who's the great pumpkin, you may ask? I'm glad you did. The great pumpkin. <laughs> well, the great pumpkin is, the- <laughs> is very much like Santa Claus. He's, as Linus says, he's lesser known because Santa Claus has had better marketing and publicity. Mm-hmm. So Santa Claus has just had better publicity, but great pumpkin much like is... How- a Nightmare Before Christmas is very much the same story, but it's had better marketing and publicity than It's a Great Pump. Or, yeah, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> so, so we have our Halloween. Um, every Halloween night, according to legend and Linus. <laughs> I was going to say, who's legend? <laughs> Linus is legend. The legend of the Great Pumpkin is that you wait in a pumpkin patch that is sincere. And... Then the great pumpkin will rise out of the pumpkin patch and deliver toys to all the boys and girls who truly believe. And there's one child who truly believes, and that's Linus, Charlie Brown's best friend, who carries the blanket around for security. And Linus has been doing this for years as we were given to the dialogue of his sister, Lucy, not this again, and Charlie Brown, who just argues against it. And they realize that they have denominational conflicts because Charlie Brown is saying, you can't believe in this. And Linus says, well, you believe in this guy in a red suit who delivers presents. Why can't I believe in the Great Pumpkin? And they just have a fight about that, which I found to be interesting. It's like, okay, we're both ridiculous. And I guess we needed somebody like Schroeder to come in and say, well, what about the flying spaghetti monster or something? You know, (laughs) a postmodern peanuts all grown up. (laughs) Exactly. What about this is going on? So you guys have these to believe. This is. Probably, I was trying to look up to see if this was the first Halloween special, and it like looks like ever it, in history. It looks like it was. There were there were some Halloween themed episodes of the Flintstones, but it was they weren't aired as specials as a special on their own. So really, it's the first Halloween TV show. And I was thinking about this, like what other 
beloved Halloween specials are there? Like you can name like a dozen Christmas things off the top of your head, but right. what other good Halloween specials are there? Because everyone does a Halloween special now. Uh, Garfield. Garfield's Halloween. I mean, I remember the Garfield Halloween episode, but beyond you and I, oh. does anyone really remember the Garfield Halloween episode? I don't know. I would hope so that at least now that they would go ahead and seek it out. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Nicolas Cage movies ruined that forever. Nicolas Cage? Who played Garfield? Was that Nicolas Cage? What? Who played Garfield in those new movies? Bill Murray? Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Nicolas Cage? I, I had I had a Cage moment. What, what was happening? I think they would have been better with Nicolas Cage, to be honest. It would have been tarnished with... Oh, Mondays. <laughs> that almost sounded like Al Pacino. Oh, Mondays. <laughs> Danny DeVito as Garfield. What are these, Mondays? <laughs> this is a whole series. This is a whole wheel of crossovers of its own. Yeah. and it, It's uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> The only other good Halloween specials I could think of were like 10% of the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah, Treehouse of Horrors. I, I feel like they have, the Simpsons have a monopoly on Halloween. I feel yeah. like that's their main thing. Is we're well, when you this. flood the market, you have a monopoly. That's what I'm saying. For <laughs> They don't have 20, is it 26 now that they have? 26 Treehouse of Horrors? I think they started second season, they started season 28. So they have 27 Trios of Horrors and the non Trios of Horror Halloween episode last year. For, so I guess they have 28 total. 28 Halloween episodes, but 27 Halloween specials. Tree Houses of Horror? Tree Houses of Horrors. I don't know how I would pluralize that. Tree Houses of Horrors? Just, I think because it's one proper name of Tree House of Horrors. Yeah. Because there's only one. Leave us a house. note on Twitter at WG Animate. <laughs> How to pluralize it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's let's look at the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, <laughs> this is probably Jack's favorite thing in the world. Um, Beyond the Ooh. Peanuts movie, my son. Did he see it before or after the Peanuts movie? Um, my son Jack. Four years old. I have to say that for the new listeners. So a lot of people are like, why is he telling us how old his son is still? So new listeners, he's four years old. He has watched this before um, the Peanuts movie came out. But he, the Peanuts movie solidified his love of Peanuts. So everything that he knew was about the Peanuts movie. Um, now watching The Great Pumpkin, uh, he's, he just loves it. And he loves several things. So later on, when we get to favorite things, I'll tell you what Jack's favorite thing is because it's something that he was doing for months after last Halloween. Uh, just something that just kept happening. I'm glad he grew out of it. But I think <laughs> it might come back, and I'm slightly afraid of it coming back in our lives one more time. But it's... It's, it's great because it's an age-old story of, I mean, of failure. Mm -hmm. Just to put it bluntly, it's about failure and something that's promised to you and that just the fact that you believe in something doesn't make for a happy ending. You don't always get what you want, 
But if you try really hard, you'll get what you need. Possibly. So since we spent all of last episode talking about the failures of BoJack Horseman, I feel like we can talk about the failures of children. Now, oh, we've earned that right. I think we've earned that right to discuss the failures of children in childhood. But what's interesting about Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang in general is that they don't give up. And there are two, well, three main characters. There's a triangle of characters in Peanuts. Um, if, square if you count Snoopy, but I'm not. I'm counting the human characters for a moment. So the triangle... You have Charlie Brown at the top, and then you have down oh, at the... it's a vertical triangle. Yeah. Okay. So you have... I thought a flat triangle. No, I'm sorry. So you have Charlie Brown, and then you also have Linus and Lucy. And Linus and Lucy are two different views on the world that act on Charlie Brown generally. They're the good angel and the bad angel on his shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. The brother and sisters, uh, brother and sister, Linus and Lucy, which is interesting that Linus and Lucy is the name of the Peanuts theme song. Hmm. So that's the name of the theme song is Linus and Lucy. So we think of it as the Charlie Brown song, but it's called Linus and Lucy. Hmm. So think about how that influences everything. Was that the... When did the theme song, where's that from? Is that from the Christmas episode? It is, is from the from Christmas episode. Okay. It is from the Christmas episode. Interesting. And it starts off, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, starts off with the song Linus and Lucy and Linus and Lucy going out to get a pumpkin to carve. And um, just, it's a long sequence of just walking to the pumpkin patch. They close the door He's, Linus is eating an apple, and then he, they get to a trash can, he throws the apple core away, and he kicks some leaves that are on the ground, and they get to the pumpkin patch, and they get the pumpkin, and they decide, of no, I want a bigger pumpkin. And they find the big, massive pumpkin, and it can't get through the fence. So they roll it around the fence. And it's just like, this is one thing about these old Peanuts cartoons, is how much time they take establishing environment and establishing character. Yeah. I mean, you really believe that they are kids because that whole sequence at the beginning is that's childhood, like little details that you're like, Oh, I did that when I was a kid, like rolling a pumpkin. Yeah. You don't see anyone doing that anymore. You wouldn't think like, Oh, I'm going to roll this pumpkin around. But like as a kid, you remember rolling a pumpkin that was too big for you because you couldn't carry it. Right. And Jack, uh, well, as we were watching it, my wife said to Jack, hey, Linus kicks leaves like you kick leaves. Because if there's a pile of leaves, a kid will go up and just kick it for no good reason. Just because mm -hmm. they're there, they'll just kick it. So it's a, it's, it is childhood. And um, Jack laughs hysterically every time Linus gets overrun with the pumpkin because it gets going too fast. And he stumbles and rolls on the pumpkin and falls over flat on his back. And Jack can't stop laughing at that moment because physical <laughs> comedy is this kid's bread and butter. And then Lucy is going about her life and stabs the pumpkin to start to carve it. 
And Linus says, oh, I didn't know you were going to kill it. Title sequence. <laughs> Title sequence. But what's interesting is the pumpkin's already dead by that point. Like, you cut it from the vine. He doesn't know that. He doesn't understand. I, Maybe well, it's a pumpkin umbilical cord. It might. <laughs> It can't truly live until it's been disconnected from, like, the matrix of the pumpkin patch. I would watch that Halloween movie. DreamWorks, get on it. It's called Pumpkins. No, it's called Gourds. It's called Gourds. (laughs) So, what... What did you think, uh, what were some of the themes that you were noticing in The Great Pumpkin? Why is The Great Pumpkin still around? Well, I was spending a lot of it trying to, for the first time, formalize the chronology of peanuts in my head <laughs> and understand like when things happened and why and how that works. I was thinking, thinking critically about the episode, like what happened for the first time in this. And it's a lot about, it has the Halloween themes and kind of explores what Halloween is like for kids. Um, It does have a plot, but it's kind of like a variety show also. And it has all these little things kind of on the theme of Halloween of uh, what trick-or-treating is like, uh, what dressing up in costume is like for both kids and dogs, and what goes on inside the dog's head. Um, It has to do with the magic of Halloween and pumpkins and just, I don't know. It's, It's hard to describe. For me... I think Lucy's advice stuck with me of like every girl should find a Halloween costume that is diametrically opposed to who they are. And she has like the witch hat (laughs) and the witch mask. Yeah. And you're like, "Mm, Lucy, you should uh, take your own medicine. And it it just lingers there for half a second with no dialogue where she puts the mask on. It just sits there like, get it? (laughs) Yeah. I can't tell when they decided to not use a canned laugh track. I wonder if they had it in and took it out. They um, they suggested having it and never put one in. And they said, no, okay. we, we are not having a laugh track. They wanted to put one in. because Some moments do feel like they are waiting for a laugh track, like the witch moment. But I think it adds to that moment. Because it just, mm-hmm. how long it stays on the screen is just... <laughs> really funny like it just makes sure that the joke lands it's just another timing thing that it does just sit there and it's such a small joke but it takes so much time to deliver it and a lot of this whole special feels like it's about what kids expect out of halloween and them not getting what they expect the magic side of it yeah it's like we still love it it's not what we want, but we still love it. Right. And it also, I think, talks about the cruelty of the world in a way that just is amazingly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, gosh. Cathartic? No, 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 not even cathartic. The cruelty of the world that's too real masochistic is that what i mean oh geez it's like it's sadistic sadistic it's a sadistic yeah sadistic thank you that's what i'm looking for it's a, it's a sadistic cruelty 
that this that the peanuts world inhabits. <laughs> I'm picturing like the Werner Herzog peanut special. <laughs> it's Werner Herzog, Charlie Brown. In these in this instance of childhood, we see that Charlie Brown gets on rock for the third time at the third house that <laughs> evening. Well, they they go out. We 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 laugh at Charlie Brown from the very beginning. After we have the title sequence of the kids just out in their costumes being scared by spooky things that never happen in the episode. So, so, so we're, we're, we're offered yes. this, this Scooby-Doo-esque, like, oh no, ghosts and goblins that never show up in the episode proper. Overpromise, deliver something entirely different. <laughs> um, so we get that, and then we get to the, the classic Lucy trying to get Charlie Brown to kick the football. Now... Here's the first thing that I want to say. Mackenzie, what version of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, did you watch? I watched the one aired on ABC this year, which is 22 minutes long. How long is the running, the regular running time of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? 25 minutes. 25 minutes. So on this, the 50th anniversary of this classic special we were denied three minutes of footage when it aired on abc you say this like it's a great injustice in the world uh isn't it (laughs) (laughs) is it not that's true we didn't get to see lucy pull the football out from under charlie brown for the first time Yes, for the first fir- time. Question mark. For the first, first time, time on in screen. 50 years. For the first time on screen, Lucy beckons him to kick the football, <laughs> and Charlie Brown has a wonderful line. She's like, "Go ahead and try to kick it." And he says, "I don't mind the dishonesty half as much as I mind your opinion of me." <laughs> you must think I'm stupid. <laughs> Like, like, I don't mind you lying to me, but I do mind you judging me as stupid. Like, that's what makes me upset. And Lucy says, no, no, look, I have a signed document that I will not pull the football away. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's a signed document. You won't do it. And then he runs up. Lucy, unsurprisingly, pulls the football away and he falls Tries to kick it, falls flat on his back. And she says, funny thing about this document, it was never notarized. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man, how, how cruel are you, Lucy? How cruel are you? So while it looks like that he's gone through and followed every rule in the world, there's still one technicality that's going to cause his failure that something is still going to be more cruel out there for charlie brown to have to face there will always be lucy you can't stop believing in her that's right and so they get out to go trick-or-treating and we'll talk about linus's through line in a moment but charlie brown (laughs) 
creates his costume, a ghost costume, which should be simple, but uh-huh. he has some trouble with some scissors and ends up I love. with not two eye holes, but with at least 10 holes. He's like the Gorgon of ghosts. <laughs> it's a great costume. I think I want to be that for Halloween. Just, oh, that's a good, that's a good subtle one. I like just that. It's like lots of holes. <laughs> and he goes out trick or treating with his uh, would be friends. I would call them <laughs> <laughs> friends in name only. And they go trick or treating and they get the candy and everything. And the adults at houses give all the kids candy and they give Charlie Brown a rock. Not one time, not two times, but three times he gets a rock. And there's no like punchline on top of that. It's just he gets a rock three times. No, there isn't. It's just, I got some gum. I got this. I got this. I got a rock. I got this. I got this. I got this. I got a rock. Like three times, just that same thing. And usually you're expecting the third one to be different. Third one to somehow transform. But you know what? The real world doesn't transform to the rule of thirds in comedy. Okay? The real world doesn't make the third one better somehow. It's still going to be a rock in your bag. Ah, I'm so mad. Wow. (laughs) I get so mad. You've had 50 years to get over this. I, I will never. I will never get over this injustice towards... For Charlie all Brown. the Charlie Browns of the world. For all the Charlie Browns. Who are these adults who are given this child? And they are deliberately giving. Like, this whole neighborhood has to be out for this kid. Because, to be fair, his costume's really bad. Sh- sure, his costume's bad, but who are they to judge and give him a rock? It's not like it's a Tim contest. Gunn. Tim Gunn was one of those adults. Charlie Brown made it work. Okay. <laughs> Charlie Brown made it work. I mean, when all the other kids, all, all that the costumes that the kids have are a variation of a white sheet and possibly a mask of some kind, like a witch mask yeah, wh- or Frankenstein. Why are they, they're like witch ghosts? Witch ghosts. I don't even know what, what, what the idea is. Like, we'll wear a sheet here and then I'll wear a, a Frankenstein mask. And all the boys, all the girls had masks. All the boys had sheets over their heads. And that was it. That was their costume. Mm -hmm. So, but that is no reason to give a child a rock. That's not funny. It's just cruel. It's just cruel, cruel, cruel. Jack hates that part. I hate that part. (laughs) Rochelle laughs for some (laughs) unholy reason. I don't know. I just get It's funny. She laughs because I don't think she knows how to feel because she does say that it's it makes her angry. But Well, if Charlie Brown were a real person, of course I'd be angry for Charlie Brown. But since he's not, it's okay to laugh at him? And yeah. Well, do you know when the when the special first aired, the studio started receiving um boxes of candy addressed to Charlie Brown because the children of the world were so upset at his mistreatment by, by the animated world that the real world had to come in and fix it. 
that's how far they went that the kids had to come in and say we will not stand for this injustice this charlie brown shall have candy really the uh producers didn't want to create a heartwarming holiday special and they didn't want to make a lot of money off this they just wanted candy delivered to their office every day for 50 years (laughs) that's the goal slash the dream oh my gosh Let's can we t- let's talk about Linus. Okay, Linus's Linus. through line, if there is a through line. Well, who is Linus? Like, what what does Linus represent? Linus is all that is innocent in the world. But also, what's interesting about Linus is he's also everything that's intellectual about the world, because he's Charlie Brown goes to Linus for advice, and Linus understands the true meaning of Christmas. So he's a philosopher. He knows things and he understands many things. His book reports are amazing. He, I think he's only second to Marcy in terms of brains, but, but yet he does have this book ended of, Oh yeah, he's a child, but he's really innocent and naive in a lot of ways too. He, he reminds me of the best parts of Lisa Simpson. <laughs> okay, go on. Like, Lisa Simpson, and I think we talked about this the last time we talked about the Halloween episode of The Simpsons, um, which is that when the people telling the story remember that Lisa is a girl, a young child, that the episodes with Lisa are better when they remember that about her. Yes, she is super smart, but she's also a child with childhood fears and childhood desires and childhood naivety. And when they remember that, there's that clash between the two of them that create a really interesting character. So in a lot of ways, Linus is very much, I feel, the precursor to Lisa Simpson, mm-hmm. really, really smart, really, really intelligent, but also really, really childish. Doesn't really understand a lot about the world as much as he thinks he understands how things work. Yeah, he just wants doesn't want to do what other people are doing, but wants to turn people on to what they're doing. Right. Linus so badly wants other people to sit and wait with him for the Great Pumpkin, which he has never seen. He's never seen, and is multiple times apparently given to the other characters' reactions that he's gone to the pumpkin patch and waited and has never seen this happen, but still believes in it. And without a sense of irony, just totally wholeheartedly believing in the fact that the great pumpkin will come. Mm -hmm. One day our pumpkin will come. (laughs) And then he convinces Sally to stay with him and she totally doesn't want to. She wants to trick or treat for the first time. She's going trick or treating for the first time. Stakes are high for her. So stakes are really high. She's like, I've been hearing about this candy. I'm about to go get me some candy for the very first time. But she sees Linus and her love for Linus, her infatuation for Linus wins out and she stays with him there 
true morality play for children everywhere. That's right. Stay with your crush. So now she she stays there with him, and she's the one sense of, I think, maybe, let's say there is a great pumpkin out there. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Linus says that the great pumpkin comes to the most sincere pumpkin patches that don't have a sense of hypocrisy in them, and he's found a very sincere-looking pumpkin patch. Whatever that means. I think... He's, his tragic flaw was getting someone who didn't believe to stay with him. Because Sally may have corrupted the pumpkin patch, and that by, may be the reason that the great pumpkin doesn't come. And I guess because all the other characters are fed up, then hypothetically in the past, they could have each taken a turn waiting with him for the great pumpkin. But it's their doubt that corrupts the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. So perhaps... Perhaps there is a great pumpkin, and Linus is right, but his sincerity is being overridden by the doubt and anger of his fellow friends. I just want to know where he mails the letters to that he's writing to the great pumpkin. Like with Santa, you can just say the North Pole and the post office will figure it out. With the great pumpkin, where do you send that? The Great Pumpkin Patch? Well, then why wouldn't you go there to wait for the Great Pumpkin? Well, it's far. Maybe, I, I would assume. <laughs> so you don't know. I don't, you don't even know where this Great Pumpkin Patch is. I don't even know. No, I don't. Is it sincere there? I would assume that there's many things that make it sincere. I would sincerely hope it was sincere. Uh-huh. You went there. I did. I did. But so, but the great pumpkin never comes for Linus. Sally realizes that she's wasted her time, and she shouts out about um, the injustice <laughs> of, you know, she's Mister Candy. Right. She's Mister Candy. She. It only comes once a year, and she missed her shot. She threw away her shot, so to speak. Although, to be fair, Charlie Brown got all rocks, so who knows? They've given her rocks, too. Because she was associated with him. I think if she would have gotten candy, she probably would have shared it with her brother. I would hope. Mm. She seems to be that kind of person. Although she, she is very greedy, though, because she does ask Santa Claus for cash, Tens and twenties. And the Christmas. And back then, that was a lot. Yeah. It's like, if, if anything else, just cash. Just, just bring cash, tens and twenties. So. <laughs> um, but Linus, the, the, one of the other questions that I have about this, we, we go to commercial where Linus is now shouting, Great Pumpkin, where are you? He's finally been left alone. Sally leaves him, deserts him. Um, and Lucy's alarm goes off at 4 a.m. And Lucy, realizing it's 4 a.m., goes to check. I guess she set her alarm for 4 a.m. on, oh, I better remember to go check on my brother. She got that assignment from their parents, I guess. Yeah. 
I put parents in air quotes because what parents would go to bed not realizing that their what eight-year-old child is not at home. Maybe they gave him permission. Maybe he snuck out. Maybe the, the pumpkin patch was not sincere because he was lying to his parents and said he was at a sleepover. <laughs> so Lucy finds Linus shivering cold in this pumpkin patch at 4 a.m., brings him home, like dutifully puts him in bed. And that's, that's the end of that situation for Linus. Great pumpkin never comes. He's left cold and alone in the pumpkin patch. And no great pumpkin ever comes. The only thing that does arrive in the pumpkin patch, the one time where Linus does believe that it's finally coming through, is when we get Snoopy's random story finally having an influence on the A story. Mm-hmm. I think Snoopy's like is the C story. So, so Linus is the A but story. But the most iconic, long-lasting part of the special. Right. <laughs> He's like the C story. What's interesting, I think, if we look at... I don't know how familiar you are with Phineas and Ferb. Are you, are you at all? I'm, I'm not. Okay. No, no. So I'll just say this one quick thing. Very quick thing. So Phineas and Ferb always build some sort of gadget. And that's the plot. They're building a gadget. And their sister is always trying to bust them to say, hey, look, look what they're doing. They're doing something awful. And their pet platypus, Perry, their pet platypus, Perry, is secretly a secret agent. And at some point will sneak away and have his plot with the villainous Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And at some point... Perry's story will intersect with Phineas and Ferb's story and be the reason that Phineas and Ferb's creation disappears. So that way, when the sister comes back, there's nothing there for the parents to bust them. Like, aha, I finally have you. And the parents come back and somehow Perry's B story influences the A story and gets rid of the thing that Phineas and Ferb were doing. Like that's okay. that's the way the plot intersects. So very much in the same way, Snoopy is dressed as the World War One flying ace, goes about his flights of fancy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, f- does his air battle with the Red Baron, of which we never see the Red Baron; we just see the bullets. But it is beautifully animated. Far ahead of its time. Yes. With all like the color changing and the watercolor backgrounds, and that's why this sequence is really lasting. It's striking. The watercolors are striking in this moment of him, his now downed, his plane downed, going through the war-torn French countryside in a Halloween's children's special, World War One, just like going like through. Like you do. Um, ending. Not World War Two. World War One. Yep. That's right. Sorry. World War One. Moving no, in. No, you said one. Um, ending up in the bin of um, apples for bobbing for apples and influencing the story. And I think part of this, one of my favorite parts of the episode, not my favorite thing that I want to talk about, but the favorite part, one of my favorite parts is one that I don't believe you got to see in the edited version. Okay. 
Go on. So Snoopy has, is at the party now, and he's with Schroeder. And Schroeder starts playing French marches. And Snoopy starts marching and dancing and going through. And then Schroeder starts playing sad music. And <laughs> Snoopy starts to like feel emotions and cry and, and like sniffle and like weep. And then suddenly Schroeder starts bringing up and playing this the happy song again. And Snoopy like pulls it together and starts marching again. And then the song becomes sad again. And Snoopy finally like howls and desperation like oh gosh and then looks around like did anyone hear me hear me do that and then he like pulls himself together and goes back out into the french countryside to find his way past enemy lines it's it's one entire throwaway joke that is completely unnecessary but it is so good it is so good the acting that snoopy does in this moment of playing this like just just him trying to hold back this emotion it's just gorgeous mm -hmm. and then um we get to where he intersects the a story so the c story of snoopy intersects the b story which is the halloween party and then intersects the a story as he rises in the pumpkin patch and linus believes that that's the great pumpkin and just can't control himself He's just overwrought with emotion. and As many kids do, he gets overstimulated. Yes, and then faints. Oh. <laughs> Was it the great pumpkin? Did he bring presents? <laughs> what happened? That's, that's Jack's favorite part. That's Jack's favorite <laughs> thing. And we used, to thing he does? we used to have to play that. So I would have to get on the floor and pretend to be Snoopy rising out of the pumpkin patch. And then he would just fall over and faint like oh <laughs> but <laughs> that's what you don't want to come back this that's year. what i don't want to have to come back because it happened a lot where he would just like that's it's rising out of the whatever patch like he would make it up like thomas thomas is rising out of the train patch oh <laughs> and then he'd fall over like in the jack multiverse like different he would just adapt it towards whatever he was going like, oh, Mickey's rising out of the mouse patch. Oh, like, like that's that's something that would probably happen now. But it's... Uh, so, Jack, if you're listening. <laughs> he's probably not. But <laughs> it's interesting how Snoopy then becomes the thing that gives Linus final hope. And that's the last straw for Sally at that point. That I just can't mm -hmm. believe what's happened. I have wasted the entire night with you well she knows her dog's antics and knows that they don't end well so i think the final straw is not necessarily having waited with linus it's the final straw is like a oh, snoopy again this guy yeah i and i think the uh, world war one flying ace part in the peanuts movie the new peanuts movie that came out um was probably one of the best parts in terms of you seeing what he's imagining and you see Snoopy in the real world. Like you see him like swimming across a river and then you see, and he's actually in some random kid's bathtub. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and he just like puts his fingers to his lips and goes, shh. 
and like sinks back into the bathtub. <laughs> and then you see him like climbing this wire across. And then you have you cut to him on Christmas lights. And Peppermint Patty's like, uh, Chuck, your dog's over here being weird again. <laughs> Can you come get him? <laughs> he's just staring at in her window <laughs> on her Christmas lights, climbing across. Yes. But you, you get to see, you, he's the one character where you get to see what he's imagining. He gets to live in a complete fantasy world, and his fantasy comes to life. Everyone else gets stuck with the real world and all of its pain and agony. Snoopy gets to live a like, you know, wonderful life of imagination. They didn't give him a rock. They gave him an unused grenade at Trick or Treat. Right. I don't know. So, <laughs> any, any last thoughts that you had watching It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Um, I am still... I know, I know I, I've uh, expressed my love for the Flying Ace sequence, but I do think that it's wonderful. And it's, um, well, it's really out there at first and doesn't have anything to do with the plot of the episode at first. Um, I think it's excellent because it, it eases you into the imagination of Snoopy in that at first he's just on top of a doghouse. You just have a shot for like two minutes of Snoopy on a doghouse in a costume hypothetically flying around and you just get these different cam <laughs> angles right. of the doghouse. And that's fine. You don't need anything more than that. And then it goes into manifesting the war-torn French countryside. So it's, it's wonderful. I like that. That's what more I have to say. Got it. Do you have um, anything else you'd like to add or a favorite thing to share? Well, I think my favorite thing was... Linus is trying to get Sally to stay, and he says, well, I always thought that little girls believed what was told to them. I always thought that they all just, little girls just believed whatever. And then Sally says, welcome to the 20th century. Just to show him just how much he doesn't know. And then at that moment, my wife went, just, just snapped. <laughs> it's like, oh, goodness. <laughs> Dr. Rochelle Rixleva, our resident feminism expert. <laughs> it, it, was just a, it was just a fun moment because it was unexpected on, yeah, I think at, in 2016, that, that line and line of thinking still resonates pretty, pretty strongly, I think. They noticeably didn't cut that from the aired sequence. Yes. It was a political choice. <laughs> what was your favorite thing? Um, not any specific lines from it, but just as the credits are rolling, Linus's rant about the Great Pumpkin, and now he'll wait that next year and every year until he sees the Great Pumpkin appear. Charlie Brown's like, yeah. And they're both sad, like Charlie Brown, like, I got rocks. Linus, I didn't see the Great Pumpkin, and they're kind of commiserating in the Charlie Brown says, well, at least you learned your lesson or something like that. Yeah, I, I've done some a lot of stupid things in my life. <laughs> stupid? <laughs> what do you mean, stupid? <laughs> I'm going to be out there next year. He doubles down, as promised. He, he doubles down. No, no, no. I will be out there again. I will find a pumpkin patch that's even more sincere. 
and then he'll come. You'll all find out. I'm not crazy. But none of you will be there, because I've exhausted all my friends to stay with me. Which is probably a good thing, because if there is a great pumpkin who completely comes in when somebody truly, truly believes, those other characters are probably corrupting it. Mm-hmm. Where does a great pumpkin keep toys? Are they inside of him? Would that make him a great jack-o'-lantern and not a pumpkin anymore, or is he still... I mean, as depicted on the Simpsons Trios of Horror, he was a great jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. To be fair. To be fair. Oh, gosh. Shall we do our homework time? Let's talk homework time. Next time on Raiders Get Animated, we are going to do our annual, because now we can say annual, annual (laughs) best of 2016 episode. We're going to talk about uh, what our new favorite shows are starting this year, uh, but even going beyond that a bit, because we talked about some of them, like just our best, uh, our favorite things from 2016 animation-wise. Absolutely. Movies, So no specific homework. We're just sticking with TV, right? We're not talking... Yeah, we should avoid movies. We'll save that for the Oscars, the annual Oscars episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick with uh, the new shows. Yeah. So just television, 2016, things coming out. Or if there's some kind of long, super long televised animated sp- special, I don't know. <laughs> so that's your homework, you is to look yeah. up things that came out in 2016 and maybe watch some, or just... Mm-hmm. Think about 2016 and what you've been watching. and What has 2016 done for you? Yeah. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Coutinho, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can find us on the web, of course. All, all the show notes and links to some cool articles about the making of it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, at writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. Find us on Twitter, at WG Animated, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated. If you're enjoying the show, we would love for you to post a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show and enjoy it. So just let people know about the show if you're enjoying yourself listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm going to go sit in the forest, which is also known as the turkey patch. I'm going to wait for the great turkey to rise and then go into my oven. Mm, Great turkey. (laughs) Good night, everybody.